the hour news as it happens when it happens wherever it happens local regional and global only on q95 the big station q95da.com right on q this is the midday news for friday august 19 in the headlines Economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine analyzed the telling audit reports on Dominica's financial mismanagement and encourages everyone to open their eyes to the current direction in which the country is heading. Director Carissa Etienne says PAHO is seeking to strengthen its preparedness and sharpen response to future respiratory virus pandemics in the Caribbean. And federal officials say they are boosting the supply of monkeypox vaccines amid a surge of new cases, which are up more than 30% the last week alone. And there are now more than 14,000 cases in the U.S. The news is brought to you. Compliments, Courts Dominica Limited. Get the funds you need now, just in time for back to school with Courts Ready Cash. Plus, if you apply before October 3rd, you will be entered for a chance to win your loan free. That's right, when you take a loan for school expenses from Courts Ready Cash, you could be the lucky winner of up to $10,000 of your loan amount. Also, when you visit us during the month of August, you may receive free gifts like back to school essentials, gift vouchers, Courts Cash, Radio Shack coupons, and much more. More. Visit your nearest courts or ready cash location or apply online at readyfinancecaribbean.com. Conditions apply. Courts ready cash. We are ready when you are. Offer ends October 3rd. Former IMF economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine weighs in on the recently released and telling 2020 and 2021 national audit reports on Dominica's financial management and encourages everyone to open their eyes, wake up to the current seeming corrupt direction in which the country is heading. Analyzing the data revealed on pages of the reports on the hot seat program this morning, Dr. Fontaine concluded that the reports indicated serious there was a lack of professionalism displayed by the government. Such actions reflect no care for the rules or for professional conduct, and the consequences are that the present regime and its supporters have seemed to grow accustomed to that conduct, and this needs to change, argues Fontaine. 5.39 on page 106. It says, although the Ministry of Foreign Affairs was served with early notice of the proposed audit, the mission of the consulate seemed unprepared. The audit team did not receive all the pertinent documents from the mission consulate after several requests. This failure by the Consul General to provide the requested documents inhibited the exercise and is of major concern to the Audit Department. All right? So the obvious question is what is the Consul hiding? Why are they withholding documents from the government auditors? And why are they not forced? In fact, someone was asking about the legal authority of the Auditor General and whether the Auditor General has the authority to force government workers to provide the documents because after all, they're using government resources, they're spending government resources, and you need to have the documentation. And all of this is these are clearly laid out in the regulations. So everybody knows the rules going in, but people are prepared to break those rules, and they seem to be doing so with immunity. They seem to be doing so without any fear of any sort of repercussions. And that, to me, is the troubling things. 
economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine. There seemed to be a concerted effort and apparent conspiracy to shut down the findings of the auditor's reports for the year 2020 to 2021, said Member of Parliament for the Rosa North constituency, Daniel Lugay. He added that as the official parliamentary opposition party, they must not let members of the ruling party get away with such a thing. He was speaking on the Workers' Voice program on Thursday night. There seems to be a concerted effort and apparent conspiracy to shut down the findings of the audit reports for the years 2020-2021. And as the parliamentary opposition, we must not let the Speaker, Prime Minister Skerritt, or the ruling party get away with it. The audit department, in my view, is like a fourth branch of government for all intents and purposes. And this important role of the audit department must be respected by all. You have the ruling party, you have the opposition, you have the judiciary, and the fourth arm, which provides the checks and balances, which is the audit department. The naked truth of the management of Dominica's resources is contained in the pages of these audit reports. And we must thank the staff and auditor for doing their work in a professional and timely manner without fear or favor. Luge added that the current director of audit must be thanked and showed gratitude along with individuals working within the office of the auditor who completed these reports in such a professional manner without fear or favor, unlike the former director of audit who failed to produce audit reports for several years. Unlike the disappointing non-performance of former auditor Clarence Christian, who failed to produce timely audit reports for several years, leaving it up to the current director of audit to clean up his mess. The work of the audit department is looked upon with scorn and disdain by this Labour Party government as it exposes corruption, misconduct, abuses, and misappropriation of public funds and public resources. MP for the Rosa North constituency, Daniel Luge. Leader of the UWP, Lennox Linton, said it is very sad and painful to see what is happening with the revenues derived from the CBI program. Linton lamented that a significant amount of these revenues are being held outside of the consolidated fund and out of the island. It is, it is very sad, it is very painful to see what is happening with the, with the CBI revenues. Uh, we believe that a significant amount of those revenues are being held outside of Dominica. That's what the evidence suggests. And I'm hoping that one, in one of these reports, the auditor will come to this very burning issue. Because right now, the, the government refused at the last opportunity in the parliament to explain how is it going to bring in the $492 million it says is going to come from CBI in this financial year, when by formula for CBI revenue generation, the maximum possible is $92 million, which leaves the government with a risk of $400 million on its revenue intake for CBI for this upcoming financial year. Linton added that no one within the current administration has touched on the matter of how the current administration is going to bring in the $4.2 billion generated from the CBI program, which is still unaccounted for. Nobody has touched it. Absolutely nobody. Not the Prime Minister, 
not the deputy, not the senior minister, not any one of the members of the cabinet, even now as they go out on their post-budget engagements with people around Dominica, nobody is touching that important matter, which goes to the possibility that we are holding significant, well, what we know, the fact that we know we are holding significant sums of revenues outside of the consolidated fund in breach of the Constitution, in breach of the laws of Dominica. And it seems we have come to a stage now where, since this is the way the government is operating, those who are supposed to be taking example from the government in the public service are doing the same thing. They're they doing as they want. They're disobeying the rule of law in the very same way as the government is disobeying the rule of law by holding the public money outside of the consolidated fund and having private individuals doing what they want with that money overseas. UWP leader Lennox Linton, Disaster Risk Management Coordinator in the Ministry of Agriculture, Dr. Al Mario Casimir, says its soil is one of Dominica's most valuable assets. And if that is not recognized, the people will continue to perpetuate negative practices that will cost them in the future. Casimir was speaking on some of the aspects of Dominica's natural resources that are taken for granted while the rest of the world seems to be motivated to capitalize on them. Soil and many other such attributes that things that need to be more appreciated, laments Dr. Casimir. We understand that yeah, the natural environment of Dominica is the most precious asset, and as such, the wars and global wars have been fought over land. So the asset and the principle of land acquisition is very, very fundamental to any young aspiring Dominicans, and the trends are not as healthy as they should be. And that is of concern. So hence, there must be an avenue for wealth creation and prosperity endowment through the acquisition of land. And that is very, very fundamental. And hence, now, the responsibilities endowed in terms of when you acquire that land. What do you do on that land in terms of the most responsible manner? And again, the yeah. examples are there in terms of the positives and the negatives right in our own nature island. Yeah. So we understand, you know, the issue of stewardship and management of that very precious asset land okay. and they were saying that one centimeter of soil takes like over how much millions of years to actually form in terms of you know the degradation of the parent material into that what we call soil that material that is of benefit for plant growth okay. so the notion that you know land and soil is a an irreversible and uh, you know an asset that we can just look as you know yes. dirt so when we start to look at the soil as dirt we do not place value in it and okay. hence the importance of starting to appreciate that very, very finite asset that we have in terms of land and all its attributes, the water, the clean air, etc. Disaster Risk Management Coordinator in the Ministry of Agriculture, Dr. Almario Casimir. Meantime, fellow panelists on Q95's Youth on Q Show Thursday, teacher, singer, and holistic health advocate, Abia Israel, sought to share historical scripture in support of Dr. Casimir's pronouncements. Dr. Kazimir was talking about how important the soil is and how, you know, how many years it takes for uh, a little bit of soil to be formed. Let's, let us not forget also that man 
for those of us who believe the scripture to be true, man came from soil. Mm. That's so <laughs> important. <laughs> that's how important the soil is to us, and that's how much we should be concerned with our resources like soil, water, sand. These are very important resources that we have in Dominica, by the way, which the world needs in mass amounts. And, and from time to time, I fear that <laughs> I fear that others will come and, and use it um, even before we find mass maximum uses of our own own resources here in Dominica that we are blessed with. So yes, man comes from soil and you know I have a knack for going back into history. Still on the local scene, Prime Minister Roosevelt Scarrett says Caricom Heads are leaving the Bahamas with a firm commitment to continue fighting for funding from the international community for climate change in the Caribbean. A Caricom Heads meeting was held ahead of the COP27 conference, which will take place in Egypt later this year. Mrs. Scarrett says instead of posting salacious things on social media and gossip, people should join forces and use the platforms to call on the international community to play its part. This is how we need to use these technological platforms um, to advance in ourselves and to speak on our behalf and not be negative about the Bahamas or, or Barbados or any of the Caribbean countries. We're in a war, and, and too many of us are, are, are there forming the fool um, when we're in a war. When we're in a war, we have to be strident, we have to be focused, we have to be determined, and we have to sleep less. Meanwhile, Mrs. Scarrett said the developed world accepts that they are the ones who are causing the warming of the environment through their carbon emissions. He added that they have realized that the Caribbean is the major victim of their actions and is entitled to compensation. They agreed that they would provide us with $100 billion a year, and that is 14 years ago in Copenhagen. They promised to make $100 billion available to us so that we can put systems in place to mitigate against the impact of climate change. This was supposed to have been materialized in 2020. We recognize, okay, we're in COVID and everybody's been affected. And they said, okay, well, we'll put it to 2023. I have had the fortune of attending several of these conferences. And at no time I ever heard anybody speaking about providing us with loans. And now we're hearing them talking about loans. And then they are bringing up conditionalities as if we're in a structural adjustment program, the IMF, and talking about debt-to-GDP ratio. The reality is we have to get the developed world to live up to the expectations. Because if mediation does not work, then you go back to the judge and say, well, we couldn't find agreement, and therefore we have to go into open court to deliberate on these matters and let there be a decision. Mr. Scarrett says he wants the Caribbean to understand that this should not be seen as only a government fight. He says they will go forward forcefully into the upcoming COP27. And that is the issue of the Caribbean. We leave this only to governments to fight. We need the unions, we need the churches, we need the media, we need the opposition parties, we need civil society, we need all of us to join forces with the government to fight because we are fighting for survival. And every time a COP conference comes up, you know, I feel that I should not go or we should boycott it. But something tells me we should not boycott it. We have to go and let our voices be heard. Because our forebears who fought for independence and emancipation, had they given up, where would, I, where would we be today? And the children died for our independence and emancipation. 
and therefore we have a duty and an obligation to fight for the survival of future generations. Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt, there seems to be a deafening silence and passivity towards the enforcement of the law surrounding money laundering, and that undermines the rule of law governing such illicit activities. This from opposition leader Lennox Linden, speaking on the growing political influence and the culture of flaunting the law within the justice system. Linden questions whether or not the political influence within the legal systems is the main reasons as to why money laundering cases cannot proceed or be taken up in the court. He added that having the proper legislation is one thing, but enforcing it is an entirely different matter. Things like that that have to be concealed, why investigations into money laundering cannot proceed and prosecution cannot happen for the crime of money laundering. I asked the question this afternoon because it's a very serious question. We are on the verge of, we are in, in, you know, in the process of another review by the Caribbean Financial Action Task Force, which again will bring our sincerity of purpose in terms of anti-money laundering or money laundering prevention, combating of the financing of terrorism and so on under the microscope and how sincere or how serious we are. And, and look what has happened. We, we're now rushing to Parliament with legislation that will satisfy the Caribbean Financial Action Task Force personnel who are here for the review. Um, so much of that will happen next week. Where's the sincerity? We, we couldn't have done it before. We knew for a long time what needed to change. But we're rushing it now to satisfy them that, okay, we've done it. But with all of what we already have on the books, how sincere are we in, in using those provisions to really fight money laundering, to really fight the financing of terrorism? Because it's one thing to have the legislation on the books. It's quite another thing for the systems and the procedures to be working and working well for the intended purposes. Opposition leader Lennox Linton. The Dominica police force says it is continuing investigations into a report of a missing person. On Thursday, 11th August, at about 8 a.m., 73-year-old Huron Vidal of Biosh left his home and went fishing. He was last seen fishing in the Platmer Pier area. The alleged human remains found at Biosh have not yet been identified, and Vidal is still considered missing. Acting Inspector of Police Fixton Henderson has more details. He was wearing a light blue t-shirt and a pair of brown cargo short pants. He was traveling in a small boat painted white on the outside and yellow on the inside. He has not been seen since. While some apparent human remains were recovered at sea on Monday 15th August 2022 off the coast of Biosh, the remains have not yet been identified and Huron Vidal is considered to be still missing. Vidal is brown skin in complexion, about five feet seven inches tall and bald-headed. Anyone having any information relative to the whereabouts of Huron Vidal is asked to contact 911 or the Collio Police at telephone number 611-4642, 611-4643, or the Coast Guard base at 266-5173, the Criminal Investigations Department or the nearest police station. 
Acting Inspector of Police Fixton Henderson and Acting Festivals and Events Manager Samantha Leta has thanked the public for participating in the survey developed for the World's Creole Music Festival lineup selection this year. She says a total of 1,724 responses were received, stating that four out of the top five selections were chosen from that lineup selection. She was speaking during the conference to launch Afrobeats Axe, Burner Boy and Omale this week. So it just goes to show how important the public continues to be in these contributions bringing forward and playing an active part in the lineup selection. So for that, we say thank you to the public. In other news this afternoon, with the aim of supporting countries in Latin America and the Caribbean to develop or update their operational plans to face future pandemics, the Pan-American Health Organization, PAHO, is holding a regional workshop on preparedness and response to events with pandemic and epidemic potential in Buenos Aires this week. This workshop will build on the lessons learned from COVID-19. PAHO Director Carissa Etienne said, as we meet today, we continue to deal with the current COVID-19 pandemic and at the same time, we are facing an outbreak of monkeypox in several countries. It has been a formidable challenge and serves as a stark reminder of the responsibility we all have to invest in prevention, preparedness, and response to communicate pathogen events. Dr. Etn highlighted that as of last Wednesday, there were 170 million cases and nearly 3 million deaths due to COVID-19 in the Americas. She noted that other respiratory pathogens are re-emerging and that seasonal influenza causes between 290,000 and 650,000 deaths each year in the region. She said we must never forget that it is not a question of whether a pandemic will occur due to a new influenza virus, but rather when it will occur. And federal officials say they are boosting the supply of monkeypox vaccines amid a surge of new cases, which are up more than 30 percent in last week alone. And there are now more than 14,000 cases in the U.S. Tanya Rivero has more. And while the government is vowing to ramp up vaccine supply, many people at highest risk say they're still having a hard time finding appointments. There weren't any appointments available, and so I found that pretty frustrating and maybe a little scary. After waiting about a month, 20-year-old Edward O'Keefe finally received his first dose of the monkeypox vaccine at this New Jersey clinic Thursday. Frankly, like the government has dropped the ball. To meet the growing rise in cases amidst a shortage of vaccines, the CDC is now encouraging one-fifth of the dose be administered just below the skin, arguing that will stretch supply. The White House says it will distribute almost 2 million doses to regions that adopt that change. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky admits there's still a lot the government has to learn about this outbreak, including the effectiveness of the vaccines. We expect protection to be the highest two weeks after the second dose of the vaccine. According to the CDC, 98% of monkeypox cases are in men, 93% among men who reported recent sexual contact with other men and more than 60% of cases are among men of color. We're not reaching 
uh, men who have sex with men who are black and brown the way that we need to. And now the numbers of infected children have started to rise. There are at least 12 confirmed cases of children with monkeypox in the U.S. Children are at higher risk for severe monkeypox. Uh, it can even be deadly in very young children. Dr. Gounder says the most likely source of exposure to monkeypox for children is through close contact with a caregiver. The government will also set aside an extra 50,000 vaccine doses available for cities with large gay pride events coming up. But it is important to remember, even though most cases are in men who have sex with other men, anyone can get this virus. And that's the Midday News, but first a recap of the headlines. Economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine analyzed the telling audit reports on Dominica's financial mismanagement and encourages everyone to open their eyes to the current direction in which the country is heading. PAHO Director Carissa Etienne says they are seeking to strengthen the preparedness and sharpen response to future respiratory virus pandemics in the Caribbean. And federal officials say they are boosting the supply of monkeypox vaccines amid a surge of new cases, which are up more than 30% last week alone. And there are now more than 14,000 cases in the United States. The news is brought to you. Compliments, Courts Dominica Limited. I am Kimberly Benjamin. Q, top of the hour news as it happens.